right, guys, welcome to another weekly installment of Cognizant Incognizance, my amateur novice exploration into my own self-development. Uh, this week, we have a special guest. We have our third guest on this week. Very good friend of mine. Goes by the name of Kyle Crawford. hey uh, Yeah, say what's up, Kyle. What up, what up? Um, so Craw over here, Craw as we like to call him, is actually one of my oldest friends uh, that I'm still friends with anyway, which... Unfortunately. Even, yeah, even that, enough in and of itself is a loosely defined, and yeah, I don't really even like this kid, I don't yeah. know why I had him on. Um, but anyway, so Craw is, again, a very good friend of mine, very big into the talent development world over here, sure. and over the years, I think of all of my friends, Craw has been present at most, if not all, Just about every moment. of the like the, the philosophical conversations that I've ever had. Yeah, from the... You've been a part of them, maybe at a secondary, like on a secondary level after the fact and discussing it, or actually there at the, the crux of the conversation, mm-hmm. which is an interesting perspective. Joe, the same way when I had him on a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, it's the same perspective, or the same same idea behind your perspective but obviously totally different perspectives from each other um so i want to get back to craw in just a moment here i want to weigh in on my 10 cents every week as i do um and i'll do that really really quickly here um because you know you guys don't like hearing about it any more than i like talking about it but it's something that you have to do something that you really can't skimp out on it's something that um, when I'm done with it every week, it feels fantastic because I'm like, okay, yeah, I just I evaluated myself. That's it's a offering, it's a measuring stick. It's offering ten cents. Jim's just yep. Jim's dropping dimes here. Dropping dimes over here, and so um, I'd say today I am significantly better than I was yesterday. Um, mostly because I didn't get to work until about three o'clock yesterday. Um, too much Sunday fun day going on. <laughs> um, wait, if you, wait, no, you gotta tell this story. Yeah, so for yeah, the people, for for those of me, those of my coworkers out there, you already know. Obviously, I didn't show up until like actually, now it's about two o'clock. And well, those of you who are NFL fans and know me know I'm a Dolphins fan. Oh, and yeah, So we had the uh, the Miami Miracle go down yesterday. I was watching that live, dude. That was. Phenomenal, dude, right? That was incredible. I couldn't. Have, I, it's like they're like, oh yeah, the last play of the game here, the the Pats and the uh, Dolphins. We'll see how this finishes out in the red zone. Oh my and god! Like, no fucking way. Yeah. So, and I was out at the bar with Mr. Polisak watching that. No way. Yeah, and he was livid. <laughs> oh he yeah, just, he's, he a just, he's a Patriots fan. <laughs> he just looks at me at one point and just goes, "Go fuck yourself." And then didn't speak to me for probably about 15 minutes. I was like, oh, all right. Oh so anyway, God. we got into it pretty good yesterday. I ended up at Jeremiah's after I sent his drunk ass home and watched the entire Bears and Rams game there with a bunch of Bears fans. Yeah. And so, yeah, I texted my boss and unbeknownst to me, text message didn't actually go through so she didn't know that I wasn't coming into work for a little while so I get there to work and where the fuck are you yeah she was pissed but in any case that's all in the past literally about 24 hours ago so anyway much better today showed up on time and everything gotta put the work in you know gotta do what needs to be done to finish out my month um Halfway, halfway through the month, how's the month? How's the month going, John? Fantastic. I'm, I'm one. Uh, I'm one deal away from my goal already, which is phenomenal okay. for me, anyway. Um, and so, but this is this is another thing that I've got to work on here is is the character building aspect because the character building aspect and giving my best at work. I mean, I had. 90% of my goal in the first week done completely. 
and I've just been being a piece of shit and slacking off ever since. Well, you get complacent. Because... I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with. I'm sure you do as well. Big time, dude. So focus on big the results time. and you compare yourself to where you were yesterday you had success. And you feel like because you had that success, you can kind of take your foot off the gas for even a minute. But Which is not the case. No. Not the case at all. And so I've been... I've been kind of one of the reasons I was looking forward to this portion was to speak those words out loud because I'm very aware that that's what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, well, I just got to manage to pull one more fucking deal out in the next 15 working days. Yeah, and like, you're like, oh yeah, just I got 15 days to do it and then maybe you just don't have as much urgency where if you were like to tell yourself... Yo, I gotta have, I have one to more have deal by like tomorrow. Then yeah. you have so much more sense of urgency, and I think people can be a lot more productive if we if we think like that. In everything in life, if you just had a massive sense of urgency in everything that you do, how, right. much, how much of an impact? No matter have? where you are, and this is what we always what I always used to do when I was working with you. Obviously, we all did this. Yeah, and this is what I gotta bring myself back and doing right now is. You're not 90% of your way to your goal because your goal is to get the next one. Until you've until you've gotten the next deal, the next sale, the next appointment, mm. you're it's zero zero start of the first quarter. Yeah, that's why, like, and um, yeah. So I got to just remind myself here, and that's what this conversation is allowing me to do is kind of just to recenter myself because I don't have I don't have, you know, I'm not 90% of the way there. I have nothing. Got to go into work tomorrow and treat it like I got to get one. It's already six days into the working month, and I don't have one yet. Gotta treat it that way. It's Guarantee I pop it. And then I can, you know, make some money. <laughs> um, and so, something that I learned new today. Um, I don't know. I actually didn't really learn anything new today. I didn't really do... Oh, no, you know what I did? Because I set up my... Um, set up my alarm with my Google Assistant on this newfangled piece of this cellular device here. So when my alarm goes off in the morning, Google reads me, like, headlines. Reads me what I want to hear, and so... Really? It just starts talking? Yeah, it'll play a song first, and then when I, when I wake up and dismiss my alarm instead of snooze it, it will actually say, hey, this is your Google Assistant. Here to read you your news for the day, and so the the article that I read today is gonna cause me to turn that off. But it was pretty cool because I learned I learned a whole bunch of new shit about the world this morning. It gave me like all the latest Brexit news and all the like all the shit that normally I, I'm not gonna go Google that. You know what I mean? I don't really give yeah. a good goddamn about Brexit, honestly. I, I thought you were gonna say like you what you learned was like a new piece of technology in your phone that you didn't know was there before. I did learn that between last Tuesday and this Tuesday. When when you just learn like new little tiny pieces of technology that are like they don't really mean that much, you're like, oh shit, this is really fucking. I can do that. Yes. Um, But yeah, I I get we'll we'll count that too because I learned that between last Tuesday and this Tuesday. So fucking crazy ass shit, ridiculous. Um, And so. As far as healthier choices go, which is my uh, my nickel here, we're halfway done. Healthier choices. I'm just I'm still trying to keep on the uh, on the keto wagon here, trying to keep working out every day. But I didn't do any any of that shit yesterday. I ate like garbage. I didn't exercise at all yesterday. I just fucked around because I was hungover. Um, and so yeah, I. I ate Cheez-Its for lunch yesterday. Just two bags of Cheez-Its for lunch. Like, what a garbage individual I was yesterday. <laughs> and I got there at 2 o'clock and then just opened two bags of Cheez-Its. Like, you piece of trash. <laughs> like, and so that that didn't, it definitely didn't do me any favors. It's got me feeling like garbage today because I ate nothing but trash. So, you know, you are what you eat. You it's, are what you fucking it's eat. It's not a joke. And, um... So speaking of eating, I don't protect my planet and I'm a piece of shit because I'm not a vegan. So um, shout out to, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give her a shout out because she'll yell at me, but um, 
you've met you've met this individual from uh, college, I think, and she recently became a vegan, which is great, which is fine, totally support it, but don't rag on me because I'm not a vegan. I get the line. Don't, yeah, don't, all don't, don't the push time. your views on me, lady. Dude, right? Don't push your fucking views on me. You ever got into I know, like I, a? I know you're listening to this. I know who you are too. <laughs> You ever gotten into an argument with someone who is not just a vegan because again that's fine, but they're just like being a jerk just about some, it? Just something in general is I tend to not argue with people. One thing that I think I'm very good at is being able to see both sides of things. So when somebody is, are you making a point? I like to be very objective. I just sit, I just listen. I'm very like good listener, and I'll ask questions. To just get more insight on yeah. what they know, and then not questioning just, then, their. I'm not questioning them. I'm just I'm just raising general questions to get them to think, and then based on that, I'll kind of form my own opinion about what they say, and then maybe whether there's any validity to it. Yeah, like yeah. That is the one subject I have an easier time objectively examining a political discussion than I do talking to vegans. See, the other thing, I don't know that much of it, and I'm not very involved in politics, so that's another reason why I'll ask you about certain things, or I'll ask, just like if a Democrat's going off a Republican, I'll just ask questions yeah. just to get their opinion. Get want inside. I want to know different perspectives. I don't really have an opinion one way or another. I just like to gain insight on all different perspectives. Which is good. It is, it's, the, it's really the only sensible way to look at your life. Like... How many people do you know that are wildly opinionated and happy all the time? I don't really think I know that many. <laughs> I can't really think yeah, of anybody a, that I know. A, that's a great question. They're wildly opinionated. Yeah, like they have a very strong opinion about everything that you can't change their mind about. How many of those people do you know are happy? think of one obviously so they're happy if you're is... very opinionated usually if you're very opinionated you're um you're opinionated and you're and you just have like a lot you have a lot of hate because your opinion and your strong opinions people are going to disagree with you and you just hate those people because they disagree with yeah, you yeah and you're just exactly. focused on the other it's a problem. I <laughs> got with the fucking the white beater on and the fucking chewing tobacco in his mouth. Oh, goddamn liberals. <laughs> Ruining this goddamn country. He's going to the dogs. <laughs> yeah, that guy's fucking miserable. That guy is so upset. How are you enjoying that cream ale, by the way? Dude, she treating you good? Denny's are phenomenal. Hi, Shout out to Genesee Brewery. Shout out Genesee Genesee Brewery. Woo! Screamers. Screamers. Um, and so... I guess kind of at the amalgamation of the Genesee conversation and my next scent here, expressing love for my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, was that so? I was at the brewery on Friday for the keg tree was, was, Yeah, how's it keg Fantastic, but it was absolutely frigid. I heard there were. I forgot. Dude, I heard there were like five thousand fucking people. There. Yeah, over Is the that, course of the night. That's insane. It was nuts, and. But it was also like 17 degrees out, and I didn't have any gloves. So we went inside like almost immediately. Um, and I, dude, I found so many like Christmas presents for my dad and my brother in there. Like, oh, yeah. making like a list. Yeah. Like, you can't go wrong. Dude, there. you really can't. And so that is how I will be expressing my Christmas time love for them because I know exactly. I could look at anything in there and say, ah, oh, yeah, dad would like that, brother would like that, so on and so forth. Let me ask you this. At sure. what point do you consider yourself a piece of shit for not having gone Christmas shopping yet? What's like the deadline it's where, coming you're, up. where you're officially like, <laughs> it's coming up, dude. I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet? <laughs> it's like, it's coming up. I'd say the if you haven't at least begun your Christmas shopping within seven days of Christmas, like, I, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're cutting it close, pal. Yeah, you really are. Um, <laughs> I'm usually that final week guy, just because I'm like, I'm last minute with a lot of things. Right. It's tough. 
I fucking hate the mall, like, um, Amazon, like, I hate just, I don't know, give me the act like, of shopping, dude, the act of shopping, getting, like, I, I'm, I love giving yeah. people gifts, but I hate getting the gift in the first place, it's terrible, it's almost always a terrible experience, it's just, I, like, I feel like I, I, like, not gonna like it or whatever, like, I, I just rather, <laughs> I'm fucking cash. I'm a big cash person. Here's a Visa gift card. <laughs> yeah, yo, those are those Go are money. spend it on Slim Jims. Yes. Yeah. Hot coffee, alcohol, and Slim Jims. <laughs> exactly what the body needs. <laughs> Boom. Um, <laughs> shout out Peter G. Shout out Peter G. Um, so, scent number eight. We're almost done. I know it's painful. Have I spent quality time with my spouse? <laughs> no, I haven't. Don't have one. Um, anyway. Next! Do I bear any grudges against anyone? Yeah, fuck you, Zach Lang. You are a stupid cocksucker. Sorry to any of my PG listeners, but I'm still angry at him for <laughs> screwing me out of the playoffs. Dude's done. And he got eliminated anyway, so I guess the grudge is settled. Sorry, He gone! Buddy. He gone. Um, and last but not least, on a more positive note... The forever negatively responding to this question, am I content with my life? Absolutely not. I have much to do, and I have many things to see. I have many people to interact with, and I lament this every week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer that question affirmatively ever, and I like that. I like not being able to answer that one affirmatively because when you're content... You're not too far from complacent, and when you're complacent, you're not too far from giving up on progress, and when you stop progressing, you start dying. So I hate that because you always like you're always gonna have problems and like if you're content in life, like you just don't have any problems. All those problems are difficult, like people you don't like to deal with them. You also when you have problems there's it's so cliche. When you have problems, there's progress. Yeah, right? you have to because you have pro- to overcome them. Yes. And when you overcome those problems, you're one step further to where you should have been before the problem right. afflicted you, I guess. So you it's, just always a, it's always a battle, but that's life, man. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. Um, so, I this kind of... Uh, this is actually fantastically on topic uh, that that article I mentioned to you before before we started um, working on this here uh, are you familiar with James L. Tucher at all? I think that's how you pronounce his name no. so this guy is I mean he's many things, he's like an angel investor, he's a ranking chess master and he's just like an overall general weirdo and in a good way, in yeah. like that, this guy is so he's out in, there, and he has expanded his mind into so many different aspects of life and business that he has like he's he's very intelligent, highly intelligent, and just out there in the best possible way. And so I read an article from him. It's on his blog, and the title of the article is three habits to transform your life completely. And, I mean, I've, the last few weeks I've been talking a lot about habits and mindset and the way that I'm trying to develop my own healthy corresponding habits to the people that, you know, I'm not trying to copy people necessarily, but when I see, you know, you model, when I man. see something, dude, you got to model dude, it. You, you got to model, model your approach. Yeah, that's that's so important because like, if you want to become a millionaire, you're going to read a book from a millionaire. If you want to get into real estate, you're going to get involved in real estate and find somebody who's been successful at the thing that you want to be successful at and just... Dude, monkey see, monkey do, and humans aren't far, aren't far behind. So right, that's that's the truth. Um, so this article really stuck with me, much like the the one from last week discussing the two different types of happiness. That one really stuck with me too because I was noticing, well, the, throughout reading the entire thing, I was trying to figure out, okay, 
where am I fitting in with the survey respondents versus like what kind of happiness they prefer in the short term versus the long term, yeah. what, so on and so forth. And so, um, he opens this, he opens this article with something with an interesting sentence before he even gives any context, which is a great, it's a great AGD. You just say something fucking shocking before you start writing something. And he goes, if you don't change within 11 months, you're either going to be dead or in jail, probably in jail and then dead. (laughs) A friend of mine told me this and I read that and was like, oh, well, that sounds like a pleasant conversation. (laughs) Right. And so really what he's going through and what he kind of starts to get into, he's describing the lowest period in his life and how he then got out of it. And he got out of it through just, you know, reading books, listening to speakers and taking some of the things that they were preaching and kind of putting them into practice. And so he came up with three habits that if you form these three habits and you're in a low place, you can completely turn yourself around. And even if you're in a positive place, you can take it to the next level. And so the three habits, you're gonna love the first one. And this first habit is actually exactly why I was saying, maybe I gotta get the Google Assistant to stop reading me my news. Um, So the first habit is no news. Don't watch the news. Don't listen to the news. Um, Don't. Dude, your couch is like, the farthest thing ever from it the fucking It is pretty far away. Um, so bring that back in. Um, so the first is no news. Staying informed usually comes out or comes at the risk of your own internal happiness or your ultimate productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second habit is write down 10 ideas every day. They don't have to be brilliant ideas. They don't have to be the next fucking Uber but they're just 10 thoughts or concepts that you can come up with at any point during the day. And if you can make it to 10, you're probably gonna be in a good spot. And if even one of those things sticks, one idea that you come up with in six months, that's one out of, how many, that's one out of 100, or no, that's one out of 1800 or something like that, right? Six months is 180 days. So that's one out of 1,800 ideas. But if that sticks and then it is the next Uber, then you did yourself a fucking favor. And then the third one was don't outsource your self-esteem. And that's powerful. That is that was the most powerful because it's been on theme with everything that I've been trying to focus on. That was the most powerful for me because it was just yet another yet another person out there who's positioning themselves as hey look I know what the fuck I'm talking about mm-hmm. backing up how important that is and the more times I see that don't let other people control your self esteem mm-hmm. and I think the more times we all see that the more frequently that thought pops into our heads the easier it is to form the habit of not doing it can you use an example of that not placing your self esteem in someone so um Let's say a girl comes up to you at the bar and you start talking or whatever. You go on a couple dates and you're over the moon, you know? Maybe you weren't having such a great month or a great week before that, but then you've been on a couple dates, it's a couple months later and you're good to go, which is fine. It's fine to derive happiness from that interaction, but then out of nowhere, she breaks up with you and you spiral downward. And so what you were actually doing was not, you weren't actually being happy. You were projecting the worth that she was hoisting onto you, onto yourself. It's like filling that that hole. Like, I'm not necessarily like happy with myself or I'm, I don't, you know, I'm, um, I have this, this whole, something's not right in my life. So I'm going to go out and find external things to fill that. Yes. And External happiness and externally deriving your self-esteem are like one and one A. Like those are those are two really huge things that like you can dig yourself into a hole really quickly if you're relying on all these external forces for your happiness and for your yeah. self-esteem. Yeah. Cause then once those external forces are gone, it's probably something finite anyway. Yep. Then you're in trouble. Um and so what it 
what it came down to, and this is this was kind of the the conclusion statement here, was that these three habits, what you're actually doing when you're doing something contrary to these three things is you're you're probably self-sabotaging. And so so what he went in to basically say was if you're spending all of your time and attention on the news and the bad shit that's happening in the world, you're creating an excuse for yourself like um, kind of like a, a nihilistic, like, oh, the world's all screwed up anyway. Like, why should I even bother going to work today? You're creating yourself an excuse and you're giving yourself that out, that out to just throw your hands up and say, eh, I saw all that bad shit that's happening over in there in California. Like, I, I can't even concentrate on this. And then you never get anything done. See, I don't understand how people think that way. Like, maybe I'm ignorant to Maybe I'm, that's why I'm trying to gain insight on how other people think. But um, for me, I don't know if this is, like, selfish or not. But I hear things like that. We'll talk about, like, like use uh, an example of, like, the wildfires out in California, right? Yeah. You see that in the news and you're like, oh, that, yeah, that's bad. But I don't, I, I can't, like, relate to that. So I don't really feel can't do bad. anything about I it. I can't do anything about it. It doesn't affect me. It has nothing to do with my life. Right. So why would I ever let that affect me in my mood and how I'm feeling right now? Right. It's precisely, that's precisely the crux of the issue is you're... And that's, that's where the habit no news comes from is because if you're spending all your time, let's say you're donating all your worldly possessions to the victims of those fires, you're going to be on the street. You quit your job, you donate all your money to those people, yeah. you're going to be on the street. And it's because you focus too much on, obviously, you got to focus on the plight of others. They're human beings. You have to care. But what you gotta help can, yourself first. You got yeah. You can't help others if you haven't helped yourself. Right. So, um, and so the second with the writing writing ten ideas down every day. That's big too, man. Does that? I would struggle to get ten ideas down on paper. I, you know what? It, no, ten on, on paper. When, I think would say when you hear oh you gotta write ten ideas down. It's like. Okay, I can't even think about writing ideas because I, I gotta go find a fucking pen and piece of paper. Yeah, pull out your phone. dude. Pull out your phone right on notes. That's like what every I have time I like for, for think, sure. like when I'm you know I'm listening to other podcasts or I'm uh, listening to an audio book or I'm just sitting thinking like doing things. I'm I'll write things in my notepad. Or I have like my Google Keep, right? And I'm always I'll like, put ideas, and that's one thing that I've actually that's started what to I have do all more. The notes for my podcasts, like when I want to talk about something, you yeah, write and, and just, I just I just write it down, and then when you write it down, you keep it in front of you. You're more likely to say, okay, now I got to take action. I'll have things planned in my calendar to actually act on those ideas, and then you put those ideas together, and then you can start implementing them, and then that's a whole other thing is taking action. But I think that first step is so you even write it down. Just just period. Yeah, just start thinking. Start thinking, and it's inspired thought. And the thought, when right written down, creates the action. The action is going to produce a result. I think that's really powerful. Is to start with you know thoughts and um, writing writing them down. Keep them all in the same place, man. Um, and so the but the discipline to actually sit down there and do that that eliminates some of your excuses too. Because if you're telling yourself, "I need to get this done today," when you don't get it done. You're going to be disappointed in yourself. And the final one, how related to self-sabotage for me was, you're literally setting your you're setting yourself up for failure when you're placing your worth, your sense of worth in something that could be that could go away instantly. There's no way to get like if your sense of worth is tied up in let's say your material possessions and then you lose your job. You gotta sell all that shit to survive. So it's kind of like a domino, where like um, you're putting all the stake in one thing, and if that thing were to ever be taken from you, you're like ruined. And you did it to yourself because you intentionally, or maybe not intentionally, but you did it nonetheless. Um, put all your your feelings of worth and self-esteem on something that could be taken from you. And so he gave 
four amazing steps on how to keep this from going down. And I think you're gonna like these too. I'll give you one guess at what the first, the first way to prevent yourself from self-sabotaging is. What's the first step? Or the first key thing that you need to have? I would say a positive attitude, a positive outlook, looking at, um, looking at things in a certain way. That's actually the third step. Okay. The first step is awareness that you're doing it. Realize or develop that own your own triggers in your head to realize, okay, when I'm feeling this, I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Second step was identify the cause. Why are you doing that? Why are you placing so much value on this? Why are you spending so much time doing this? Why is this getting to you this certain way? And why is your self-esteem so tied up in that? Mm-hmm. Then the third, remind yourself of your accomplishments. So you're telling yourself, look, I, ha- I have a reason to be positive in and of myself. This is I've done great things. I know great people. I have formed this outlook on life just based on my own experiences that should cause me to be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm turning anywhere else for my happiness. Right. And then the final step was to consciously de-stress. So when you've, you've obtained the awareness that it's happening, you identified the cause of placing your worth elsewhere, you've reminded yourself, I don't need to do that, I'm the fucking man final step is to find comfort in that and just relax relax and know that you're moving in the right direction by going through that thought process so back to that first step i think self-awareness i mean that's the that's number one just becoming self-aware but Mm -hmm. you know how do you become more self-aware it's just i think the focus and the attention on um you know what what you're doing and what you're not doing and then why I think the why is really really important why should you become self-aware no why once you become self-aware step two identifying the cause yeah identifying the cause is um like why I think that way or why I'm I'm projecting my um things outside things yeah why do I feel those things are important and I think that comes back to like your own blueprint of your values yeah why do I, yo, everybody's like out there getting like, um, like the fuck, what was that? Like the Yeezy sneakers, like those were dope. <laughs> yeah. Right? The fuck, like everybody wanted those. Like why, why, why do I value yeah. them? Well, like me personally, I don't, I can give two fucks. Yeah, I don't I'll, care. I'll, I'll go get the fucking $30 shoe, $30 dress shoes from fucking uh, Payless. Yeah, dude. Right? I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't have to have nice shoes. Shoes aren't important to me, right? Uh, I like watches. Watches is like something Me that too. I value. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about shoes. But like, why do I like watches? Yeah. But I don't like shoes. And other people really like shoes. But they don't care about watches. Yeah. And why Why do I value that? Yeah. Why do other people value that? So you're why at the you point where you're realizing... Why do you value Okay, when I have like... I feel the same way about watches. Like when I get a new watch... I want to wear it all the fucking time. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this watch is this watch is amazing. Yeah, I have to wear this to work every day. Yep. But other but people why might not... are you so happy about that watch? Yeah. What does that symbolize? And I'm just like, okay, well, it symbolizes that I had money at one point to buy yeah. this watch. It's sim- like almost every single person that I know that is successful has a cool watch. Yeah. I want a cool watch. I like. <laughs> I want to be it's, successful. It's cool. And um, yeah, that's so, just one example. That's just a really yeah. Just it's a, a really small, small example, example, but there's there's a ton of other things out there like that. Like people, a, a bigger example I think would be people getting in, in relationships or, or falling like in love. Like that, uh, you used an example earlier. Like you go out on, a, on a, a couple dates with this girl, whatever you really like her, whatever, and then all of a sudden she goes here or drops your ass or whatever. And then you're fucking crushed and you're in a downward spiral. But why do people place that that big importance yeah. on the relationship? And it's like, oh, I just, uh, that's all my, my focus. I just have to be in a relationship. Or why do people place that the importance on that? I don't know. That's the whole point. Like, 
Yeah. That's the whole point of the exercise, though, is you figure you figure that out, and then you get to step three and you remind yourself, yeah, I don't really need to be in a relationship because I did all of, look at all your accomplishments, and oh, I was single when I did that, mm-hmm. and when I had that experience, it was just me, and then I did that all alone. That's I didn't it. need anyone else. That's it. Going back to looking at your, your, your accomplishments and your, your positives. And saying to yourself and taking accountability for those and saying, that was me. That was fucking me. I did that shit. So I can do it again. I don't need anybody else. Don't need another soul. Right. Don't need another soul. Now, another soul is nice. It's nice to have. It's a It's a supplement to what you're already doing. But it's not required for your success or your happiness. Yeah. And I think that's the misconception a lot of people have is that they feel like they need all these external things where they're just great additions to to what's already awesome about them, which is completely true. Um, And so, really looking at the the self-sabotage, and the more that we're talking about it, you said this before we started recording too, is I don't understand people that don't have any ambition. Oh, God. And so when I know you're a very ambitious guy for sure, you like to get shit done. You know, you look, you see a plan, it needs to be put into action, needs to be fucking executed on. Whether it comes to fruition or not, you're not gonna know until you actually I do the thing. Die, yeah. So, um, and I think that fit really, really well. That statement fits really well with the uh, the Daily Stoic entry for today that I read this morning. And so for when it comes to ambition versus self-preservation, you have a really, I think you have a really, really big problem that I find myself doing the more that I look back, like I've found myself doing that recently even. Just what we were talking about earlier, whereas I'm slacking off the last couple of days at work. Yeah. It's much easier to just not, I don't know, what if I get on the phone with some CTO and he yells at me? Much easier to just avoid that because I almost have my goals done for the month. Yeah. Just like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that. The small subconscious little, yeah, no, I don't really feel like doing that. (laughs) And it, because it's, this is what I think. This is why so many choose the self-preservation route over the ambitious achievement route. It's undeniably easier to fuck around all day and not move yourself forward than it is to fail. It's also undeniably easier to put your own immediate happiness and your own selfish desires ahead of what's ultimately going to reflect positively on your life when you look back. Because it's it's the now versus the future. It's the immediate. It's like um, like the microwave mindset of well, their thing. It's more about me now in the moment as opposed to having that for uh, that forethought of um, well, it's going to be better in the future. If I just take, if I sacrifice the happiness now, which is yes. what we talked about last week or yeah. what I talked about myself. Um, if I sacrifice this happiness now, will I be able to look back in 20 years and find that it was worth it? You don't know. You don't know. You, you, think, don't know. you think you do. You think you know, and that's the entire goal. Self-preservation is the barrier from that extended happiness over the period of your life, I think. When you're more concerned about containing what you already have and not losing what's there, you can never you can't be reach yeah, you can never reach the goals you're that holding you need on to separate yeah, yourself. You, you're, if you're holding on to shit and you're trying to like, preserve yourself, right, you, you as as life moves on, as you as you continue to get older or grow or change, you, you change. You're gonna be a completely different person mm-hmm. ten years from now than you are today. You Hopefully can't. anyway. Physically too, right? Yeah. Isn't that isn't that true? Definitely. Yeah, like all your cells, your like cells re- are replicated. completely regenerated. Yeah. So physically, that's that's proof right there. Yeah. So you would think as 
you're physically changing. You should, you should probably mentally change as well. <laughs> one, one would think. So, um, I'll read the the Stoic entry in just a minute. Let's have a little uh, a little radical transparency here. Fuck yeah. Um, when's the last time you caught yourself favoring? Well, I mean, other than right before you walked in the door, I heard you slapping out there. Um, <laughs> that's disgusting. So when's the last time you caught yourself favoring self-preservation over moving towards your next goal? And uh, what did you do to move in the right direction? So the, one, the easiest example is like the gym. Like something like um, just, uh, I'm not in the mood. I'm tired. Don't feel like going. Don't feel like going. Um, I making so like I got a lot to do, which I got a lot of work, but like you have time blocks for that shit. Got to get it done, right? So, um, I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest example. What was the next question? Um, that was just the question. What, the the what last time you? that you found yourself. Oh yeah, and what did you? So what did you do? The last time that you actually caught yourself doing that, what did you do to move in the right direction? Just fucking take action. Just go. You plan it. Next day, you just go. And what do you do to keep yourself from getting to that place in the first place? You, you think about. Um, I think you think about the feeling of not going. Um, that, that motivates me, that inspires me. So, like, I'll, um, you get in um, mode where, like, all right, a couple days go by where you're like, okay, I haven't gone to the gym in a couple days, and you're like, I don't, I don't really feel that great. Like, I, so physically, I just yeah. don't, I don't feel it. I don't like feel me it. right now. I yeah. haven't. You kind of feel like a piece of shit. You don't go in a couple of days, maybe, you know, you're hungover, you eat some shit, you're eating shitty food. And you don't feel good. So then the next day you're like, all right, I got to go. And then you go. And then in order to keep that habit going again, I just always revert back to that feeling of feeling like a piece of shit to inspire me to, to continue. To not be a piece of shit. (laughs) Like how you, yeah, the reflection. Reflection is good in any aspect and all aspects, I would say. Um... And learning from like a failure, that's the biggest thing. Because if you like, you lose a bunch of weight and then all of a sudden like, you get you back, back. And obviously I, I, had, I had success, but then I, I failed. I went backwards, right? You're just constantly learning from, from failures. And so, how to stop going backwards as far the next time you do fail. Yes. Which is good. Um, and I, I don't think it's possible. Like if you're, if you're a self-preservation type of a person... Rather than someone who's able to focus on ambitions, that's all you're, I think that's all you're doing. You're 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 not taking into account the possibility and the benefits of failure on the, the way to your goals. You're just really worrying about maintaining what you have, maintaining where you are now, maintaining who you are now, as opposed to how would that benefit? How would that like I don't maybe the I'm, benefits I'm the benefits of failure specifically teaching yourself a lesson like you were just saying realizing that you actually for me which isn't necessarily a failure but this is a decent example was coming out of college my um my professor who was the pre-law advisor he was my direct advisor because that's the program i was in and he told us all look don't do what I did. Do not go right to law school. Don't even take the LSAT right out of undergrad. Don't do it. Get your get some professional experience. Go like do what you want to do for a little while and come back to it in a couple years. And if you still want to go to law school or become a lawyer or anything like that after 2 or 3 years of doing something unrelated, then it was truly important to you. And where the failure aspect comes in for me is I just never picked it back up again. And I realized that every time that I sat down and actually tried to study for the LSAT, I didn't give a shit about it. So I just, I could never retain anything. And I never actually even went and registered to take the test in the first place because I could never stay concentrated on it long enough to retain the information. So it's like, it's pointless. I don't even care enough about this to see it through. So re-examine 
realize it's not as important to you, focus your energy on a different path and a different goal or pursuit, which is where we are now. Um, so obviously you can't change it looking back on it, but looking back on that right out of college, would you have gone right to law school? Would you have changed anything that you've done? No, because now it gets into the, it gets into the shit that I talked about last week, whereas you're sacrificing, you're either indulging in your immediate happiness or sacrificing it because you see one of the outcomes as more potentially beneficial and going to result in more happiness. And so at the time I decided, yeah, you know what? I don't really want to study for law school right now. I will take that advice and I'll just do what I want to do for a couple of years. And I have been living the dream, so to speak, you know, got a good job, making great money. We're, I'm doing shit that I actually really start to want to do. Like I'm setting myself up to go to Europe to visit people next year, like working on shit. And looking back, if I had decided I'm going to go to law school, and I didn't really care about it that much, I'd be torturing myself. Right. There's some people like my buddy Nick, who will hear this undoubtedly, um, he went to law school like pretty immediately, and he's happy with it. He's very excited about how it turned out. He's got a job at a law firm. He's working on like, um, I think he's working on like, in sort of at the crossroads of the law and the legal cannabis industry, which is pretty awesome. Okay. And so he's very excited about that, but I would be miserable if I was in his position. So you, I, you never know, though. Like you could, you never know. And that's I think the only thing. Like looking at back and on different paths that we take or would have taken, but I think looking back in the past, you can never regret it because mm. um, you wouldn't be where you are today. Like um, if if anything in your past had changed, you wouldn't having this conversation with you you wouldn't be who you are today and I I like who I am today so even all the bad shit that's happened to me in the past I wouldn't go back and redo anything because it's made me who I am yeah absolutely so um let's get into the the daily stoic entry here which I I thought was a little bit it was a little off topic almost when I started reading because the the topic for the month of December is a meditation on your mortality, which is one of my favorite things to do. I love it. Get that in there. And so meditation on mortality, December 11th, 2018. The title is Dignity and Bravery. And there's a quote from Seneca, who, as you'll know, is one of my favorite, uh, favorite philosophers on here. And it goes as such. As Cicero says, we hate gladiators if they're quick to save their lives by any means. We favor them if they show contempt for their lives, which fits with the theme for sure. Now, the interpretation from from Holiday and Hanselman goes as such as well. Lyndon Johnson's college classmates used to tell an embarrassing story about him. Johnson apparently had a big mouth and felt he had to constantly dominate and intimidate others. Yet his biographer, Robert Caro, makes it clear that when someone stood up to young Lyndon, he proved himself to be a complete coward. In one instance, during an argument over a poker game, instead of fighting, Johnson threw himself on a bed and began kicking his feet in the air with a frantic, windmilling motion like a girl. That's a quote from the book. He shouted, if you hit me, I'll kick you. If you hit me, I'll kick you. Later in his life, Johnson also worked extremely hard to avoid serving in World War II and lived it up in California while other soldiers fought and died abroad. He later claimed to be a war hero, and it was one of his most shameful lies. We do not need to disregard our physical safety or engage in wanton acts of violence like the gladiators to be brave, but nobody respects a coward. Nobody likes a shirker of duty. Nobody admires a person who puts too a high price on their own comfort and needs. And that's the irony of cowardice. It's aimed at self-protection and preservation, but it creates shameful secrets. Mm. Self-preservation is hardly worth it because of everything that it costs in return. Be brave and be dignified. And... Damn. This... Right. Powerful as shit, right? And especially the more that I thought about it as uh, just like in the shower, immediately after I read this, I get in the shower 
And so I'm sitting there. So you read, you read one of those every morning? Every morning. As soon as you wake up? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Because that just immediately gets you started, starting to think right up. Yeah. I actually read two this morning because I didn't read them yesterday. I didn't read one yesterday. That's because cool because then you have a solid 10, 15 minute window um, to just think about it. To just it. think. You're not involved in your phone. You don't have any. That's your first external stimuli hitting you that morning, and you can already start your day. That's powerful. Right. And so through that through that contemplation in the shower afterwards, it, it came kind of the, – the connection finally came together like – because like I said, when I started reading it, I was – this doesn't have anything to do with meditating on your own mortality whatsoever like I really don't see how they connect then the more that I thought about situations the concept of self-preservation and the concept of mortality um, it, it got me thinking if you're always worried about dying it's really hard to have ambition yeah when you're stuck fear yeah you're you're fearing death and it comes back to what we've been what I've been talking about for the past month, two months, is your own your own like your own sense of worth like you and I discussed earlier and your own sense of importance. And if you're placing too much importance on yourself and you're not meditating on your own mortality enough, you're you're not going anywhere. What was that line it said it, it, called you like people who focus on that cowardice yeah very cowardly to focus only on self-preservation because you're not out there getting anything done you're, again, if you're worried friend, about you're, is this gonna kill me am i gonna if go you're, you're being a pussy yeah like if you just focus on <laughs> self-preservation and, and like um save yourself you're you're to take risk or put yourself out there or do certain things you're being a pussy. Like right. you're you're afraid, you're feel f- fearful, and you can't, you can't you can't live life like that because you're gonna be you're just gonna stay where you are, and, and that's I feel like that's the worst place you can be because as the world like progresses, everything in this entire fucking universe is constantly moving forward and changing, whether we like it or not. Yeah. So you're not if you're staying the same, you're not staying the same. You're actually fucking moving backwards. Yeah. Because in relation to everything else, everything else is moving forward. And the idea that everything is moving forward, regardless, it's an unstoppable force. The passage of time and the progress yeah. of the universe yeah. is no more relatable, or it cannot be any more relatable to just your everyday life when you then when you think about death because there is no and that is where i made the connection was the connection between self-preservation and cowardice and if you're a coward you're going to be afraid of death which will then paralyze you to continue to move forward let me ask you this because you and i both had experienced death very early in our lives right we each had a parent that passed away when we were young right and I, do you think, let me, let me ask you this, do you think that because we experience that, we have a different outlook on death? Yeah. And maybe because that, we have a different perspective on how we should live our lives? Definitely. If that doesn't shape, like how, I don't see how that could not shape the perspective of death. Or an individual's perspective of death, because losing someone in general is generally traumatic. Right. Like you losing a family member, it's traumatic. Losing a parent in your formative years is—I don't know how proportionately traumatic it is, but it's—I'm gonna say it's proportionately more traumatic than any other time. So maybe if you look look at someone's life, life who is who focuses more on self-preservation. Maybe look at their life and things that they've experienced. Yeah. And ask them, ask, kind of ask yourself, like, maybe instead of looking at, like, um, what someone does, but why they do what they do. And um, I don't know, if you, could, you don't have to say a name, but like, think of somebody who you would um, see as um, self, they're very, they're self preservation. I right? can think of a few. So, 
now think about that person's life. Have, like, can you? What of, I know about them? Yeah. I don't know if I'm able to draw any parallels right now. That's a good question, though. That's a good lens to look at yeah. an interaction with another person. Yeah. That's a fantastic lens. Um, and I want I want to give you one lens, one more lens here, gonna tie it all in with this last this last thought process. Remember those those four steps. And this is for you, Craw, and for anyone out there that's listening. If you remember those four steps, um, the secret to overcoming self sabotage. The four steps were obtain awareness, identify the cause, remind yourself of your accomplishments, and consciously de-stress. Anyone who has trouble coping with the concept of their own mortality, with the death of a loved one, with death in general, because there's a lot of this terrible phenomenon happening in the world for no reason, apply those same four steps to your fear of death. And I don't see the, I don't see how there's any way that you could not overcome that. If you obtain the awareness that death is scary to you, if you can identify the cause, why am I so afraid of death? Why is this so hard for me to deal with? Why is this so hard for me to comprehend? Remind yourself of your accomplishments. So you remind yourself of the good things that have come in spite of the inevitability of death and in spite of your mortal status. The good things that mortals have been able to achieve over history, despite the fact that they all died, anyone that was born hundred years ago probably did something great but they're dead and then consciously de-stress and realize yeah it's it's gonna happen to me eventually it's gonna happen to everyone around me eventually and it's happened to a ton of people before it's not something I can control and so I must choose to accept it if you have to to accept it yeah that and I think um just real quick is the fact that like, I think a big breakthrough like I, I saw I watched like a documentary on like the life after death like people who had near death experiences mm. and that along with like whatever religion you believe in like there's a concept of heaven like I think those have to align somehow and the fact that like everybody you talk to who's had like a near death experience like they it was like the greatest feeling in the world like it was just they knew everything and they saw this yeah. this figure and they just they had this fucking feeling of love and just compassion just all of these feelings all at once and it was the, the greatest experience ever and I, I just I, I that combined with the, the fact that I know it's inevitable and like just constantly having a positive outlook on things like I, I'm not afraid to die like I, I think it's like if I were like I'm like I want to die but like I feel like the fact that like if it um like I'm I just not I'm not afraid of it I don't it's know. a good feeling to it's a good point to reach it's a good point to, I, I don't like I don't, to acknowledge without I don't care I, without I, I, welcoming it I'm, I'm happy and I'm happy and I'm, I also think that it's not like if, if I were to die people would have very good things to say about me I think Overall, not me. I know you would think you're, would. you're gonna. I know you're the. Uh, you're gonna get up and um, give my uh, the the speech of my funeral and just bash me. Oh, I, it's gonna I, be the worst eulogy of all time. It's gonna be a It'll roast. It'll be terrible. And Your family will walk out. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> walk out and leave the boys and I just laughing. Oh my god, dude! All the boys is chilling uh, front fucking row. But like, actually, like if you picture that, like. One that's fucking hilarious. But it kind of it brings two, a light air to that. It like, does. You got. I will. You have, I would have fun with it. And take it. It's like that's how I'd want to be remembered. But at the same time, like um, I, I, I don't know. I just don't look at it as a bad thing. I'm just not afraid of it. Good. Um, so we got about 45 seconds here. You got a short message that you want to share with uh, with the people out there. Um, Jim. Well, first and foremost, I want to appreciate you for having me on here and. Um, if you, um, for those of you that don't know, um, I'll give my company a quick plug. Uh, I run the recruiting department at uh, Real Agent Pro. So if you are in the Rochester area and you are interested in a career in sales and marketing, uh, go to careers.realagentpro.com. That's careers.realagentpro.com. 
Facebook.com, uh, feel free to apply. Um, and anybody else that you know that would be interested in the opportunity. So uh, last 20 seconds, Jim. Fantastic. Thank you for being here this evening, sir. It was a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed that beer. Sure. And uh, everybody else, I'll see you next week. I'm out. Peace.